0: Welcome to this special episode of the Motherkind podcast. So you're going to have two episodes this week. This one I was super excited to do, and we only set it up a couple of days ago. Emily Brett is the founder of an amazing organization. I cannot wait for you to hear about it. It's a charity called Armala, which offers trauma-informed yoga for people who are refugees. And I share at the start of the podcast how Emily and I were guided together to do this special episode. And I'm so excited for Motherkind to get involved with Armala, and I can't wait for you all to hear about it. I don't know if it's because Emily's eloquence with how she describes the charity and the work there or because it's a Monday morning and I'm exhausted and I feel quite emotional. But I really struggle to hold back the tears through the whole episode. You'll hear my voice wobble. Yeah, I just felt incredibly touched by the stories that Emily shares with us about these warrior women who have just experienced unknown trauma and arrive in our country with nothing, knowing no one, and how the yoga and the community center that Emily and her team have set up offers often the only safe place in their world and a lot of these women are pregnant or they have very young children and they are totally alone and I think that's what's really impacted me chatting to Emily this morning is how hard motherhood is for us you know and typically you know me and the people and you guys listening to this you know we have homes we have the ability to put some food on the table for ourselves and our children. And can you imagine how hard it is without the ability to do that in a strange city, often not speaking the language, knowing no one, being totally traumatized? Emily tells a story of someone who is a torture survivor. And she comes over with her young child. Yeah, so I feel, um, I feel very excited that Motherkind is going to get involved with Armala. So there will be more about that. But I wanted to put out this special episode today because Armala is crowdfunding for a new community centre, which you'll hear about. Emily describes it and um, why she's doing it and what it offers. So if you did feel moved, to support Armala which I know I certainly have and I'll be supporting more and more through Motherkind then I'll put all the links in the show notes so either on if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes or through my website it will all be there so that you can donate and get involved if you want to so here is the episode I hope you enjoy it and I hope you've got some tissues ready because I think this is a, a deeply emotional one I hope you enjoy it so Emily, welcome to the Motherkind podcast for this very special episode that we're going to record this morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really wonderful to be here. So I wanted to start by just sharing a little bit about how we came to be doing this this morning. And a lot of my listeners know that I really believe in sort of being guided and the little breadcrumbs that life leads me. And I've been following you on Instagram and I'm really good friends with Zephyr, who I know is one of your big ambassadors. And I actually had it on my to-do list, funnily enough, that I wanted to contact you and see how I might get involved, how Motherkind could support you. And I had a catch up with Sarah at Box. Because we had a mutual friend and we were chatting about, you know, what we were each doing and how we might be able to support each other. And she said, oh, I'm really involved in this brilliant charity called Armala, which is trauma-informed yoga for people who are refugees, which you founded. And I said, I can't believe you've just said that. I've had that on my list to look into. I'm going to take this as my nudge and I'm going to contact Emily today. Anyway, I put the phone down from Sarah and I looked at my phone and I had a message from Zephyr saying... Armala are crowdfunding at the moment. We're really trying to create a lot of noise around it. Could you support? And I just thought, wow, what a series of events to be guided to Armala and to talking about your amazing charity and the work that you're doing. So I feel like very guided to be chatting to you and to be getting involved and to be supporting. So thank you would be the first thing I'd say. Oh, thank
1: you. I take life in the same way, like
0: listening to the quieter whispers
1: and looking at the breadcrumbs, so it's obviously meant to be.
0: Exactly and was it that sort of guidance that led you to setting up Armala? Could you share a bit about yourself and how you started it in 2011? Sure, Um, it really was
1: so from the very beginning Armala has been what I would call a calling, you know it's vocational and I used to work in the the literary business and then I worked in a big corporate company. And in 2008, I quit my job, I let out my flat, and I followed my heart to go and sit a 30 day silent meditation retreat in India. Wow. And practice yoga out there. So it was a real new chapter and letting go of a lot of things doing that big retreat. And when I came back to London, I started volunteering with the British Red Cross, working with refugees. And I couldn't tell you, I'd need to go to a psychoanalyst to tell you why that was, it. but it was, it was <laughs> a real call of my heart. And frankly, I was thinking two things, you know, number one, in yoga practice and in meditation, you have all of these peak experiences on the meditation cushion or, or the yoga mat. And the job is after those peak experiences have died down, and you're back to normality, and, you know, to live by the light of your deepest experiences of how life is, like how life truly is deep down. And some teachers said this to me, and it resonated, I think it originates from the Buddha, but I thought, wow, you know, that is the calling. So in London, which is my home, in Hackney, which is my home, what is my heart saying here? Mm. And if I really, really tune in, and follow my heart rather than my head which can get so fearful then what is my calling here because that big meditation retreat and relatively a lot of yoga practice had seriously put me in contact with my heart and it was like okay that's number one and then number two what does it mean to practice yoga philosophy in this big busy city and what my calling was was to go and work with refugees And I offered uh, yoga classes to them on a voluntary basis, not thinking that it would be life-changing or that they would necessarily want it, but I thought it might be useful. And I was working with a group of women run by the British Red Cross who were all pregnant or who had very young babies and they were all destitute or Mm -hmm. facing destitution. And every single one of them had experienced gender-based violence. And they were all either seeking asylum or they'd been granted refugee status. So they were so incredibly vulnerable. None of those women had chosen to be in this country. They'd all either fled a war situation, or they'd been human trafficked over here. Just their experiences were horrendous. Mm. And then they were pregnant, or they had babies. They didn't know anyone in London. And it was just this group took place about five minutes walk from where I lived in Hackney. And the moment I started teaching there, I just felt like it was a coming together of that invitation to live by the light of your deepest experience of how life is. And like this really was living, well, the moments teaching that yoga felt like all of yoga philosophy, all of the different principles coming together. So it was really yoga practice off the mat. And then in my life, I'd experienced gender-based violence and I'd lost people suddenly And, you know, it it hadn't been the easiest ride. So I guess I could relate as much as one can relate on those points. So it was this coming together and that those women from that group then wanted to practice yoga every week. And the British Red Cross group couldn't support that because there were other things that they needed to do every week. So the moment we got that feedback, I was like, oh, goodness me, here we go. And suddenly the whole vision for Armala was there. It was, OK, we're going to start off working with women because most of them have experienced gender-based violence. But we want to work with men as well because that's really important, with children, with young people. How do you make an organization in London that can offer, because it's not your standard yoga class, trauma-informed yoga, mm. to this group for free? You have to refund the cost of their travel because most of them are living on £35 a week or less for everything. How do you actually do that, you know, in this very, very busy city? And some of my background in corporate world have been in sustainable development and security and human rights and working at at that edge. So to make a sustainable organisation and do that, like, slowly and surely, along the lines of stirrup and sukkah, which of course are at the centre of yoga, was all in there as well. So yeah, that was back then and now we work, we've got an organisation and we're working all across London and actually we've just opened our first class in Edinburgh and we're rolling the programme out. So it's been a real journey. That's it in a large nutshell. Yeah, but kind of but more than anything, it's like these women could be our sisters, you know. We are so lucky to live in peacetime. Mm. We are so lucky, but we could have a war here and then we could be sent over to some other country or be forced to
0: flee, pregnant
1: or with babies.
0: Can you imagine that, not knowing anyone? And that's the position of these women. Well, that's something I actually got a bit tearful because as you was talking about these women with, you know, pregnant or babies... Oh, I feel emotional not knowing anyone and having 35 pounds a week. Motherhood is really hard and, you know, Western, relatively affluent, you know, a lot of us have homes and food on the table and how challenging it is even in those blessed circumstances. I cannot imagine how anyone would would do it under those challenging circumstances and you're so right, you know, to call these women our sisters and you know, I often think that, you know, they by the grace of God go are, you know. We could be born into any situation. Look, I mean, there's so much that I want to ask you. The first thing, I guess, is what impact have you seen and, on these women as a result of the yoga? And why do you think they experienced it and then were desperate for that weekly class? What shift was it in them, do you think? Well, I'll say something here about more about the context so obviously I've painted
1: a picture of who we're working with um, mm. then directly answer your question but so we did a big survey last year with survey I think is a bit of a boring word but actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> but actually for what we were doing it's so incredibly well I found it incredibly interesting and I'm, unbiased I'm but we had a very senior NHS doctor come and do like a year-long independent assessment of the impact of yoga on our clients and as part of that we did questionnaires like validated questionnaires from places like world health organization looking at things like depression quality of life and post-traumatic stress and the reason we did that was so that we could talk to doctors and people in the science world and say look this is hard data yeah. about who we're working with because we have quotes we have testimonials we have we made films and we know that the yoga is incredibly powerful and helpful and soothing. But to quote this data, over 66% of the people that we did the questionnaires with had moderate to severe post-traumatic stress syndrome symptoms. Mm. And over 50% of them had all experienced suicidal thoughts over the last two weeks, pretty much every day. And pretty much all of them had experienced a major depressive episode over the last two weeks. So, and we're talking about pregnant women here. We're talking about mums with little ones and we're talking about other clients, but we know that the mums that we work with, and I'll focus on that because of your audience here, they are often in such a state of despair. They feel so lonely. And I know lots of mums, my friends feel really lonely and that's a really normal if- terribly, terribly difficult feeling to deal with, but it's quite normal for being a mum. But the mums that we deal with, they don't have anyone. So they don't have friends or family here. So they literally often know nobody until they come to an armala session. So at the very least, when people walk through the door to the yoga room, we don't use the words refugee, asylum seeker. It's like woman to woman, welcome. And we meet them where they're at. And they are invited into that room, into a place of dignity to come back to themselves and to be treated as the precious, precious women they are, being mothers and being pregnant. You know, it's like it's the most important job or role in the world, seriously. So there's the attitude of welcoming and the fact that they do make genuine friends through the group of different backgrounds, they make contact with our volunteers, then they have a, a friendship group and a support network. So that's at the very least. And then the yoga itself, we know, we know how yoga works. I'd be more than happy to do another. I know it's um, too much for one conversation. But yoga, through the combination of breath and movement and internal focus, calms down the body and the mind and it's very very soothing and it's very very grounding so what happens in a state of panic or anxiety that most of these women are in most of the time it's like they get separated from themselves Mm. and sort of all the layers of the self get separated and pulled away and then there's huge tension and then it's just very 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 difficult to come back to center and exhale and feel safe. Most of the time, it's impossible to feel safe, even with pregnancy and with the young babies. So the yoga helps to soothe the anxiety. It really helps reduce depression. Of course, it helps reduce the aches and pains. And the women find that they can relax and they can sleep better. And this is huge because most of them are waking up multiple times in the night, not necessarily because of baby, but because of nightmares about the reason that they're in this situation seeking asylum and then they've got their baby or their pregnancy as well so the yoga really is this healing space and we've always said what our Mala provides or offers is a safe space for these people to breathe and to practice yoga and to just come back to themselves and what is reflected back time after time from the people we work with is this I just feel like I've come home. Like, I feel I feel like a person again. I feel like a human being. And we can talk about the neuroscience. We can talk about the yoga philosophy. But it really, it's very, very simple. It's when people feel completely safe and unified, then they are more likely to feel, you know, at one with the world. When they feel relaxed, they're more likely to be able to speak to other people. You know, everything calms down. The defenses come down. And they just feel whole. That's a word that we that we hear a lot. And when you see people's faces coming into the class and then you see them at the end, that word whole or description of being grounded or feeling human is really, really significant.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm just sort of picturing, you know, you describe it so beautifully and I'm just picturing someone sort of going in and then doing that practice and leaving in a different headspace and how powerful that must be. Sometimes I think I notice this in myself, you know, when I connect with this idea of these sort of huge challenges that people face, sometimes I think it's really easy for us in our busy lives to not connect at heart level. And what helps me often is personal stories. And I wondered if you had, not favourite, because that's totally the wrong word, but if you have a particularly powerful story that you could share of someone that you sort of witnessed through our mala I'm thinking, goodness, I've known so many people. Everybody
1: has their own story. And everybody has their own incredible background. To pick up on the breadcrumbs from the beginning. So the first woman who ever walked through the door of an Armala class was from Bolivia. And she was a survivor of torture. She had come to this country with her husband and with her very young son. So they had all survived a very difficult time. And thankfully, they were together. So this is, this is very, very unusual that they were together. But she said, I'll never forget it. She came into this room, which was at Hackney City Farm, which is an inner city farm. And the room that we did the yoga in, we still do, is made a straw bell room. So it's all of wood. There's actually like a lovely wood-burning stove. It's really cozy and rustic. And she came in. She sat on the sofa. And I'd made a collage on the door, which said, welcome in gold foils Mm
0: -hmm. and she
1: looked at that she sat on the sofa and she burst tears and I thought oh no (laughs) this is the first person who's come what have we done anyway what emerged is that a couple of days before she had been in an organization that specializes in working with survivors of torture in in London and she said that she had been praying she needed something because she wasn't coping and she was in the asylum system for a long time years waiting for this case to be processed very very stressful and she had been praying for just, just something and she said that she went into this organization and she saw a poster saying yoga and she just had this feeling in her heart something lifted and she said that she couldn't remember the last time that something had lifted in her heart just everything was heavy and closing down and she felt that it was the answer to her prayers mm. and then when she came into the farm she saw these little white flowers and those little white flowers were her mother's favourite flowers. Her mother had recently died and she was really close to her mother, but she hadn't been able to say goodbye to her mother because they were in different countries and it wasn't safe to speak to her. And she felt that that was a sign like it was her mother seeing her walking through those gates and saying, you know, yes, this is the right way. And then she came and saw the sign saying, welcome. And then she saw me and um, Anna, who was the volunteer there, and she felt like she was in a safe place for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And she cried, and it was the first time that she'd been able to cry for her mother. And then the yoga itself is just on this woman who couldn't move one side of her body. It was just extraordinary seeing the transformation. And for her, it was when she connected with her breath, she tapped into the inner strength and peace that we all have and she discovered that actually she had that in her still because she'd been so um, lost in herself and lost in the world and it was like an anchor to her she was very eloquent and I remember speaking to her about it and and then she said that when she was on the streets looking like an asylum seeker in her words, she never looked up she just looked at the pavement. But after yoga, she started looking up and it's like she walked with her heart open and her shoulders back and she connected with her breath. She remembered that she wasn't alone because we were there. And she could remember her mother in a way that didn't make her feel like crying and crying like it had before. So there was like this opening that happened. And then beautifully that family received refugee status and beautifully that child is flourishing at school. We don't just have people in classes for a set number of times they can stay and be with us for as long as they want and you know we build genuine community so people come and go and there's the trauma-informed yoga and then there's other things that we do on top of that so that's that's just one example
0: wow well I mean that's an incredibly I, I cried through that moving and powerful story but like you say I imagine all the stories are like that so you are crowdfunding at the moment can you tell us about that and how people can support yes so we are crowdfunding at armala for a specific
1: project so we run trauma-informed yoga classes all over london as i've said one of those classes is actually a little more than the trauma-informed yoga so we do yoga we do english class we have a hot healthy lunch we have a psychologist we have someone who works with women who've been trafficked And this project is called Happy Baby Community. And in fact, I'm on my way there today. It's run in North London. And we have about 150 women on our register. Wow. And we're averaging about 45 women who come every week with pregnant bellies or with their little babies. So we also give away sanitary towels. We do breastfeeding help we give away nappies baby food you know there's a whole package and it's it's a whole day so this is in north london and there is a desperate need to replicate happy baby community in south london yeah and we've been contacted by midwives from a couple of hospitals down there from hostels who are so worried about all of the women who can't even afford to get to their doctor's appointments Mm. and Suffice to say, there's a desperate need and women are travelling for two hours to get to our project in North London because there's nothing like it anywhere else. Two hours plus in some cases. So the crowdfunder, we are trying to raise about £29,000, which will enable us to open a happy baby community in South London and run it for a year we have actually raised I think it's about 18,000 already so we're doing amazingly Fern Cotton has got behind it and backed it London Live TV has got behind it and backed it like the response is brilliant yeah. incredible for the community so to support it there's a video of like some of the refugee mums talking anyway there's a video about the whole project and the story on the crowdfunder website, so it's crowdfunder.co.uk yep. forward slash happy dash baby dash
0: community. Okay, I'll put links and to everything so that people can amazing. find it.
1: So basically, if people would like to support it, what we're asking is for any donation. So five pounds is brilliant, or if people have deeper pockets, then please reach deeply. So one would be to donate and donate as quickly as you can because. The sooner the amount goes up and the more people back it, like that helps momentum gather so it actively attracts more people. Yeah. So rather than sort of waiting till the last week, like if you do it now, that will help us raise more. So number one is that. And number two is just tell as many people as you think might be interested in supporting it about it. And if there's anyone you know who has a bit more wealth at their disposal and might be interested in helping make this happen... Then picking up the phone, telling them about it. And it's like word of mouth has got us so far. Mm. So, yeah,
0: that's it. Amazing, amazing. And do you know where in South London it's going to be? Have you found the spot or will that happen once you've got the money? Yeah, so it's going to be around the Thornton Heath area.
1: We're also looking for volunteers, people to, to help with childcare and actually English teachers. So, if anybody knows anyone,
0: then just email us as well. That would be amazing a mother kind will be donating so and i've been looking actually for a partner a longer term charity partner so we need to talk about that as well because i think if i could support with anything this (laughs) make me want to cry i know i know well i just i feel so blessed that i might be able to support so emily thank you so much i always ask the same question at the end of every interview which is if you could give all the mums out there in the whole world one thing what would it be and why
1: I would give all of the mums out there peace of mind that they are doing the most important job bringing new life into this world and peace of mind that they were doing an absolutely brilliant job. I don't have children myself, I'm surrounded by them but I don't have children myself and what I see so often from friends and family is this sort of struggle and not feeling good enough Mm -hmm. and you know all of this tension and worry that happens and so understandably but I would give them peace of mind because I would just give them so much love and just this like some never-ending hug of strength through this peace of mind so that they could breathe more easily in their roles as mothers and Enjoy it even more, and then you know, just have that stability and just sense of like even more worth for themselves because it is just so so precious. Mm. I'm just thinking about all of those mums out there, just doing such incredible jobs, and probably not with as much recognition as there should be for the value of what they're doing and also the quality of their mothering. So I just want to beam that back. at
0: you. Oh, that's beautiful. And, yes. I, and I wholeheartedly agree with absolutely every word. So everyone, if you go to the links, I'll put the crowdfunder links up. You can speak to Emily. I'll put her contact details up if you know anyone or you might be able to offer any support. Let's get the Mother Kind community behind this and see if we can get them up to the 29,000 that they need. So Emily, thank you so much for coming to do this special episode with us. And we will speak soon. Thank you so much and thank you to everyone and lots of
1: love.
0: I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please check out my Instagram where we continue the conversation and I post daily about all things motherhood and well-being. Also, if you haven't already, have a look at my website because I've been writing more and more blogs and I'm also putting on there all the events and talks that I'm giving and of course, if you haven't, then please do have a listen to some of the other episodes because I'm chatting to some really incredible women that I'd love for you to enjoy. And if you did enjoy it, then please, please leave a review on iTunes. It does make a massive difference to the number of mums that we can reach with this content. So thank you very much.